Hello and welcome to Dark Concepts, a supernatural horror podcast written and read by me, Brian J. Cummings. Well, we made it. The 20th episode and the finale of the first season of Dark Concepts. Or so I thought. See, this is why it's taken me a million years to write a book. I get near the end of something and I'm all like, I can, I think I could do a little better. <laughs> I began writing the last episode this past week and soon saw the manuscript pushing past 10 pages without much substantive detail, i.e. it is a very rough draft, and it dawned on me that I couldn't write such a big story in the span of a week. So, long story short, I'm going to be releasing two more episodes, and it should be in two parts. Should be. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> it's looking that way anyway. Um, most of my stories tie in together, and I have a pretty clear idea where it's all going to come to a head. But I need just a little more time to just do the research the story deserves. So, uh, anyway, tonight's story could have actually been written into a novel or a novelette. And maybe someday I will quell the squirrely, creative side of my brain and actually do that. The town of Thomastown, Virginia, in this story, is actually what will end up being Seeker Falls, West Virginia, in my, the earlier stories you've heard. Seeker Falls doesn't actually get its start until the middle of the American Civil War, when the founders discover what was originally Thomastown, abandoned and destroyed. By what, nobody knows, but this story will give you a pretty clear hint. And with that, here we go. Beneath the cobblestone streets of colonial Thomastown, Virginia, lies a dreadful curse. A curse Martin, an old tinsmith, is now responsible for quelling one final time. The Banishing Candle He looked down at his pocket watch, just as the witching hour commenced. Exhaling a sullen breath, he replaced it and began looking around his shabby and disorganized shop. Everyone around town knew Martin Rollinsford as the quiet tinsmith, though his work never once claimed to be quiet. During the day, the sound of his various assortment of tinning hammers could be heard all up and down Market Street. But Martin was much more than the hard-working tinsmith that the town came to for repairs. For on one night each month, when the moon was shrouded in shadow, he had another important role. The year was 1756, and Thomastown, Virginia was relatively new. The cobblestone street that ran up the center of town still had stones that needed tamping. Very few of the town's residents, if any, knew about what secrets lay beneath the stolen soil the town was built upon. And those few who knew had the sense to keep quiet about it. But Martin knew. He was there for most of the horrors, and wasn't the only one who had lost something dear to him by coming to Thomastown. The price that he had paid was his wife Sarah, who had died of consumption several years earlier. Martin had put his tools away hours ago, the only thing that sat before him on the workbench was a small wooden box. It was a familiar box, but one that gave him a pang of horror every time he laid eyes upon it. He pulled the lid off and gazed down at the nearly used up white candle laying inside. He scowled down at it, scratching his chin beneath the significant length of graying beard. This could not be enough for his task tonight, Martin thought. He glanced outside at the night as it draped over the town like a dark buried shroud, and then grabbed the tiny candle and walked over to the dwindling fire left in the fireplace. It was going to have to work, 
he had no other options. He pulled the lantern off the wall and placed the nub of candle inside, carefully lighting the end. He closed his eyes as the candle flickered to life, a blinding white light illuminating the shop with the brilliance of a minuscule sun. After dousing the tiny embers in the fireplace, he grabbed his coat. With shaking fingers, Martin closed the latch on the front of the lantern and quickly stepped outside. The countdown had begun, and he had to hurry. He shut his door and saw, through squinted eyes, the first of many he would see on this perilous journey tonight. A man stood just feet away, appearing there out of nowhere. The man was growling at Martin, with half of his face missing, cleaved away as if by a violent axe blow. Dried blood drenched the front of his jacket, and the only visible side of his mouth was drooped down in a permanent scowl, his single white eye glowing. He was reaching out for Martin, but his hand stopped as if the dazzling light of the candle was emitting a tangible and impenetrable wall. Martin ran as the forms began emerging from buildings and alleyways. The wailing filled the night as his feet pounded against the loose cobblestones. He knew the spirits of the screaming dead were powerless for the time being, so long as the candles stayed lit. But should it burn out before he reached the center of town? Just the thought of it made him shudder. The torchbearer's run didn't originate with the town, but since the magistrate, Oliver T. Phillips, ordered the brutal death of the local woman for witchcraft nearly ten years earlier, the town had been cursed ever since. Mary Soule was a local cunning woman who had selflessly healed the townsfolk of all kinds of ailments. As she was ready for the gallows, she had sworn that she would bring down the walls she had established to show the town the true horrors that lay buried beneath. She had done much more for the town than healing the sick. True to her word, her hanging brought down those walls, causing 29 deaths the night of the next new moon. Each new moon from then on brought back the spirits of the town's dead, spirits that had enough power to destroy the town and kill everyone in it. It had only been eight years since the lopsided stone lighthouse was placed at the town center, a strange addition that stood many miles away from any shore. The idea was that of a local priest, Ebenezer Merchant, a man Martin realized had more knowledge in occult affairs than just any man of God. Old Ebenezer had admitted to knowing the forbidden art of alchemy, having studied it extensively in England before fleeing his home under threat of death. This he told only to Martin and had him swear to tell no one, a secret Martin continues to keep. The priest had created many of these so-called blessed banishing candles, like the one Martin bore this evening. Candles that had protected the town's residents from that fateful night every month. The one that Martin held in his lantern was the last one Ebenezer had made before he died, save for the massive torch at the center of town. Martin had tried taking up the mantle of the town's secret alchemist, poring over Ebenezer's dizzying encrypted tomes and notes, trying to decipher the old man's incredible knowledge. Up until that point, he had failed to create a candle nearly as powerful as the one Ebenezer could make. He was a simple tinsmith, with a secret much bigger than himself. Trying to get outside help would place the lonely man under the watchful eye of the town's devout magistrate, something Martin and the town itself could not afford. What they were to do after this evening was a question he alone would have to deal with tomorrow, should tomorrow ever come. 
The task worked only if the torchbearer traveled down the last path Mary took to the gallows, which once stood in the exact spot the lighthouse was today, which had been consecrated by Ebenezer. Martin ran and he could almost feel the flickering heat of the lantern dying, and as his vision became dimmer and dimmer, he could make out the ghastly faces of the town's departed citizens looming closer, clawing at the air. One face loomed out of the darkness, nearly bringing his hammering heart to a dead stop. His wife, Sarah, stared at him blankly, but she looked as though ages had gone by since her death. Her translucent skin hung listlessly from her eyeless skull, and her blackened teeth were bared as she clawed at him. Most of her once golden hair had fallen out. That was when the loose cobblestone beneath his feet betrayed him, sending him in the lantern crashing to the ground. There was a brief flash of complete darkness as the lantern fell to the ground and shattered. Martin tried to get up, but felt the cold hands grasping at his back and legs. The cold seeped through and sunk into his bones. He struggled to get free, but more and more hands grabbed at him, by the arms, by the neck, the hair. The groans and agonized screams filled the night as he fell further and further away from the single glistening candle still laying in the fractured lantern. Martin reached for the lantern, knocking it back to its side, and caused the candle to roll out onto the cobblestones just within his reach. Just as the icy grip of the thing masquerading to be his wife began to claw at his eyes, he grabbed the candle and within an instant he felt the hands retreat. Shielding the candle from the wind, he began to limp as fast as he could up the hill towards the stone lighthouse. The dead bellowed with rage as he fought for each unsteady footstep, the outline of the leaning stone tower just inside his field of vision. The candle began to sputter in the movement of the wind and Martin knew his time was almost up. The light dimmed to a mere shimmering spark and he felt the hands brushing up against him once again. He hurried through the stone archway of the two-story lighthouse and up the uneven spiral staircase and then to the altar the old alchemist had established before his death. He could feel the icy breath of the dead as he held the candle out towards the pile of wood. Martin watched with cold horror as the candle flickered to nothing as he held it pleadingly against the kindling. Without warning, it ignited with a magnificent whoosh sending the dead into an eerie fog that now lay thick above the rough cobblestones. Martin sat at the side of the fire and worked to catch his breath. His tattered heart was pounding hard in his temples as if resembling his hammering from earlier that day. He looked down at the tiny candle and realized the wick was now entirely gone. There would be no more lighting this one. With a sigh of equal parts relief and exasperation, he tossed it into the fire and sat against the stone wall, attempting to banish the icy chill the dead had delivered into his bones. Though his heart would eventually settle, he knew the chill of the dead would remain. That kind of chill never goes away completely. What will we do next month? He wondered aloud. But the thought vanished as soon as he gazed into the fire. An odd green flicker from the spot where the remains of the candle lay melted, Perhaps the candle had picked up something odd from the cobblestones, causing it to glow in an unusual way. There was a loud pop as a spark shot straight out of the fire, launching upwards like a tiny firecracker. The spark hit the arch ceiling above and exploded, showering down upon him a shimmering, burning rain. He jumped up, trying to avoid the strange sparks that singed his skin with little annoying pricks of paint 
and padded at a tiny fire on the leg of his trousers. He looked up when he heard the something shift and fall from the ceiling, and for a moment worried that the entire place was going to come down, but saw that only one flagstone had fallen from the ceiling. It had landed in a spot before the fire. Martin started to draw closer when something else fell out of the ceiling and landed upon the same spot. It was a leather-bound book. He picked it up and opened to the first page. It had belonged to Ebenezer. He flipped through the pages and soon discovered that it was not like his other journals. There were no incomprehensible scribblings of theories and chemical symbols and equations he did not understand. This was a primer, a complete and concise codex, a manual written specifically for the next torchbearer to continue the work of the late alchemist. He felt a warmth flood through him as he stared at the clear method to create the candles. But that wasn't all. The old man had written down many theories some of them reaching far beyond the realm of alchemy and into the realm of what some would consider witchcraft. Some methods could bring the curse of the wrong woman to an end, once and for all, putting poor Mary Sowell's soul to rest. Martin closed the book, feeling a sense of relief that was quickly replaced with the realization of the responsibility that now befell him. He was a simple tinsmith, not a learned man by any means, let alone an alchemist. Perhaps Ebenezer felt the same way, Martin thought, when he was pulled away from his godly duties to protect this little town in a way that exceeded his understanding at the time. Martin had always heard stories about how heroes from the old stories and legends seemed to appear out of nowhere. Many of them never revealed exactly how they were forged in the heat of extraordinary circumstances, leaving out what made them what they were. As Martin closed the door to the old lighthouse and breathed in the cold night air, air that was now calm and clear, even hopeful. He wondered how many heroic deeds had gone unnoticed, unrecorded through the ages. The old tinsmith walked down the dark cobblestone path towards his bed, the small leather tome under his arm, not knowing that what lies inside would secure the hope and the damnation of a world to come. If you ever wanted to start your own podcast, I'll say from personal experience, Buzzsprout is a great way to go about it. I've been with Buzzsprout from the start, and I'm extremely happy with the results. If you're like me and don't know the ins and outs of anything having to do with a podcast, or what you'll need to start one, they'll have you covered. Buzzsprout has tons of resources to help you get your ideas off the ground. Two of my favorite features about having a podcast through them is the analytics on the podcast webpage and how seamless it is to place audio players of my episodes into my Squarespace website. Following the link in the show notes, let's Buzzsprout know I sent you, get you a $20 Amazon gift card, and help support the show. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave a like, a rating, a review, and subscribe if you so desire. To explore these concepts further or just keep up on what's happening with the podcast or any of my written works, brianjcummings.com is a great place to connect and learn more about what's going on behind the scenes as well as read the stories in a tight format. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook where every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday I release two-sentence horror stories. Kind of. At the moment I'm kind of slacking on those, but um, yeah, I'll get back to them. I shall return in two weeks' time with another tale channeled from the darkness of the witching hour. So until then, keep a candle nearby, because you never know when the lights will go out.
local cunning woman who had selfishly